This morning, uh, I'm continuing a, a conversation we started last week that we are calling My Word for the Year. And uh, I don't know what it is about the new year, but uh, for some reason or another, for many of us, it's almost involuntary. Uh, the new year comes around and uh, we just feel this nudge, maybe an excuse. For some of us, it's more of a shove. Um, you know, to, to make resolutions uh, for the year. And in this case, uh, to come up with um, words for the year or, or concepts for the year. And for those of you, by the way, who are newer to this um, idea, a word for the year is really just a word that I'm praying for or hoping for. Um, it's a word that I'm praying will mark um, and be true about my year. And um, again, for some of you, it's resolutions. For some of you, it's more um, words uh, for the year. But I realize that even as we, we talk about this, there's some of you who are just not into this kind of thing. It's like, you know, words of the year and resolutions. Like, it's just not your thing. You're just a little too Yoda for that. You're like, you know, do or do not. But there's no try. There's no resolution. There's no word of the year. You're either going to do it or you're not going to. And, and I get that, but I just want to say at the heart of this conversation it is really the reality that all of us would probably say there's an area in our life that we would like to see be a little better. There is something in our world that we may want to maybe do a little better um, in this coming year. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm sure if we spoke long enough, there would be something you would like to see growth in, whether it's health or whether it's fitness or whether it's, it's the ways that you are a little more present in your relationships, whether it's reading more and a little less of, of Disney Plus, I don't know. But for all of us, there's probably an area. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then, then the bigger question is, is there an area in which God wants me to be or maybe do a little better this year? And whether you use a word or whether you use a resolution, Ultimately, this is what we want to step into and say, God, how do you want to invite us into more? How do you invite, want to invite us into um, a little bit better? By the way, uh, for those of you who's like, I've never, I've never done a word for the year. I'm interested in doing it. I just don't know where to start. I'm not one of those creative types. And I always come up with strange um, words. I'm going to tell you something so oversimplistic that the sophisticated ones of you will be like, seriously? Yeah, seriously. For those of us who are simple, believe it or not, there's actually something helpful. Dayspring.com. Who would have known? But there's actually like this quiz you can take and it would help surface um, what might be a good word for the year. I'm like, there's no way. That's so tacky. So I tried it. <laughs> and it actually, it actually surfaced a word that I'm like, that's exactly what I'm shooting for. I didn't like the word it gave me, so I picked a different word, but it was the same idea. My wife went on this and she's like, that's totally the word. And so she's written it in the house. Um, so, but for those of you who are maybe simple, like I am, this um, could be a, a helpful route to go. But this morning I get to share um, my word for the year. And it's awesome if you ask me. Um, and instead of just telling you my word for the year, I want to show it to you. It shows up in, in one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. In this verse, 
um, that's found in the first chapter of Ephesians. Paul is just talking to the followers of Jesus and is telling them, this is what is true about you on account of the fact that you've trusted in Jesus. These things are true about you because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And tucked in there is this idea that I'm leaning into, this idea that I'm, I'm claiming um, and um, I want to show it to you, Ephesians chapter 1, um, verse number 3. Uh, if you don't have a copy of the Bible, the verses you can see will pop up miraculously on the large iPad above my head. Uh, but if you have a copy of the scriptures, you can feel free to turn um, there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Here's what it says. Praise be to the God and Father... Of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I'm going to read that one more time because that's one of my favorite verses ever. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ and there." It is my word for 2020 is blessed without the hashtag, mind you. Now, listen, don't sit there and judge my word just because it's super simple and predictable and almost cliche and, you know, Christian, generic, hallmark, unoriginal word. Like, don't judge me for that. Hey, you can pick your own word and you can make it as fancy and as sophisticated as you need it to be. But for me, my mind can often become this really convoluted and this complex place. And I need something simple. And so I'm like, I'm going with a simple word. And so I chose the word blessed. You can keep your eye on your own word. But in my defense, now I'm getting defensive. So, so soon. Um, when this word blessed shows up in this verse, it is anything but generic. It is anything but cliche. It is loaded with the stuff of life, the stuff that, that I once speaking over and speaking into my 2020. And so I'm claiming this word right here, the word Blessed. Now, when this word is used in the Bible, it's uh, interpreted in a number of different ways. But I'm going to tell you how it's being used here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. When it shows up here, here's what it means. The word blessed here, it means to cause someone to prosper or to be made extremely happy. <laughs> now you want the word. Aren't you claimed it. It's mine. Find your own word. But this is what it means to cause someone to prosper or to be made extremely happy. Oh, this is so good. Blessed. But if you read this verse a little more closely and you pay attention to the tenses of this verse, uh, you want to quickly realize that uh, my word for the year is not something I want. It's something I already have. <laughs> Look again, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. It's already been done in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul is saying if you're a Jesus follower, uh, you have a spiritual bank account. And God has already deposited into that account everything you could possibly need to prosper in what he's created you and called you to. Everything. It's already in that account. I'm already blessed as the year begins. Um, I'm going after something I already have. It It kind of feels like I'm cheating a little bit and I don't even care. Um, Now, I know it's kind of absurd. Um, I recognize that, readily acknowledge the fact that, um, well, if you already have something, why would you make it a a resolution? Why would you make it um, your word for the year? Why would you do that? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I was talking to, uh, you met Kira a few uh, moments ago. A couple of days I was I was. I sent a note to to Kira because I had something on my work to-do list that I really needed to get done. The problem was, in order for me to get this thing done, um, I I was kind of stuck until I got some crucial information from Kira. And so I was reaching out to Kira and saying, hey, I'm ready to go, I'm amped, I'm set, I just need that information from you. And Kira sent a message back to me. Um, And I can imagine her rolling her eyes as she does this, like for the 60th time. Kondo, I sent you that information on Tuesday. It's in your inbox. Have you checked your inbox? And then a couple of minutes later, she sends another message and says, so, was it there? And I'm like, don't be pretentious. Stop patronizing me. You don't know. Um, but it was. So anyway, <laughs> um, that's part of why I am choosing and I feel drawn to this word um, for the year. Blessed. Because come on, if you are anything like me, then there are places in your life in which you feel stuck. You, you may be ready to go and, and you may want to reach for more freedom and more fullness and more flourishing. You may want to reach for more prospering, but you just feel like, man, I'm a, I'm a little held up here. And I want to say to you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God is saying for the 600th time, I already emailed that to you. I already wired that into your account. And so while you live stuck, like you're waiting on something, it turns out you already have it. I already deposited say, everything you need in order to prosper in what I've called you to. And so for me, I'm choosing the word blessed because there is nothing more I need this year except to explore what I already have this year. My issue is that I'm so often running after and trying to be better and trying to improve and trying to do this and trying to do that and trying to add to when God says, man, you're running after stuff I've already given you. 
I've already deposited it into your account. So I'm stepping into this year already blessed, and I just want to learn to live out and live out of blessing instead of striving and laboring my way into blessing. So I'm choosing this word blessed. Now, I don't mean to to brag. Maybe I do. I'm not sure. But I thought I'd share some of the ways I'm so blessed. Some of the blessings God apparently has already wired into my spiritual account. Some of the ones that I want to lean into and draw out, live out of this year. Because I don't know if I told you, but I'm, I'm so super blessed. Um, and um, l- let, me, let me share a, a couple of these with you. Ah, the first one, and I realize this is personal and it's going to come across in so many ways as group therapy, and I just pray that the Spirit will, will, will help the group um, to experience a little bit of um, therapy in, in the process. But um, one of the things that just strikes me about the ways God has blessed me that I want to live out of is just this truth that I am blessed with wantedness. I don't know if that's a word. I don't know if that is, you know, grammatically correct, but man, it is spiritually appealing. I am blessed with want. There is so much wantedness in my spiritual bank account. There is more wantedness in my account than I will ever be able to use up than I will ever possibly be able to spend. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, but um, it doesn't matter because he says it um, in this book. I am wanted rich. I am so blessed. Um, Let me show it to you. And and please don't mind the fact that um, for this morning, I'm going to personalize these scriptures. I'm just trying to apply um, this stuff to my life this year. Um, The very next verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Um, This is what it says. For he, God, and I'm going to personalize it, chose me in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined me for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. I am so blessed with wantedness. It announces to me here in verse 4 that God, it says, chose me. Uh, the, the word for chose there is the word to handpick. Um, it's the word to handpick for oneself. If you have kids or have ever been a kid or have ever been around a kid, then you understand this word. It's the thing that happens when a kid sees something that they really, really, really want and they grab it and claim it as theirs. And they say, mine. There's a lot of that in my house. Mine. Our kids, our kids want us to write their names on everything. And I'm like, that's a slice of bread. You, you can't write just eat it quickly. Um, it's this idea of seeing something, deeply desiring something, and then picking it out personally. Mine. And apparently, that's what God did with me. 
He, he saw me. He desired me and he personally picked me. Matter of fact, picked is not quite the word that Paul is reaching for in, 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 in this verse. Um, technically speaking, God pre-picked me. Mm. <laughs> That's better. Like when you really, 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 really want something, but it's not on the market yet, so you pre-order it. Apparently, that's what God did with me. You order it before it even hits the production line because you want it that much. It says he chose me before the creation of the... He chose me before he even created the world into which I would be born. Woo, I'm pre-wanted. Do you know how wanted you have to be to be pre-wanted before you've even hit the production line? And yet apparently that's what God speaks over me. And I'm willing to share. He says that about you too if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And the rest of this passage just makes that truth even sweeter. Because it doesn't just tell me what God did. It takes me behind the veil of what motivated God to hand pre-pick me personally and claim me as his. It tells me what was going on behind the scenes. And it says when God pre-handpicked me, he was motivated by love. It says in love he pre-picked me. When he picked me, he did it because... He loved me. I just need to sit in that a little bit more this year. I just need to revel in that. I just need to come back to this little situation in my inbox and explore it a little bit further. That everything about God towards me was love when he handpicked me. <laughs> and it even goes further than that. It doesn't just tell me what God did and it doesn't just tell me what drove God. It actually even gives me a sense of what expression he had on his face when he pre-handpicked me in love. I, I, listen, I don't know what God's facial expression for sheer and total delight is, but whatever that is, that's what he was expressing as he hand-picked me. I love that. It says according to his pleasure. Because I mean sometimes I can say well yeah okay God <laughs> he pre-picked me because he loved me. That's a choice. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Okay maybe you can make that argument but pleasure mm, that one's a feeling. And it's saying as God pre-picked me he did it because it delighted him when he picked me he had the most delighted look on his face mine and claimed me for himself in this divine giddiness of his the god of the universe pre-wanted me because he loved me and it delighted him to want me. I am blessed with wantedness, y'all. And you know what makes it even a little bit better? I'll tell you as if it could get better. But for me personally, because of who I am, what makes this even a little bit better is knowing that, well, if this is true, 
he obviously didn't choose me because of anything in me, and he obviously didn't choose me because of anything I had done. (sighs) That's good. I don't know about you, but for me, that is so good. He went out of his way to do it, and he went out of his way to tell me. I did this before you were even around. You hadn't yet had an opportunity to impress me in any way or unimpress me in any way. So it had nothing to do with how impressive or unimpressive you were. All the causes of me choosing you were in me. I chose you because I wanted you. I chose you because I loved you. I chose you because it made me happy. The end. I'm like, wait, what? If that's true, that means I am unconditionally wanted. I woke up like this. When I wake up, I'm wanted. When I go to sleep, I'm wanted. When I mess up, I'm wanted. When I do something I think is pretty awesome, I'm wanted. When people think I'm wantable, I'm wanted. When people feel like, oh, we're done with you and we're moving on, I'm still wanted. Because apparently the wantedness that is over me is unconditional, not based on anything I did. And God says, I wanted you still. Hmm. I'm so blessed. I don't know if I mentioned that. If this is true, then I'm telling you all, 2020, I I hope to stop auditioning for your acceptance. I already have more acceptance than I will ever be able to use up. It's in my account. And the truth is, I've often been way too paralyzed by the pressure to perform for acceptance. Wearing a sign around my neck saying, we'll work for acceptance, we'll work for love, we'll work for your embrace. And by the way, if you happen to be like me in that regard, do you know how exhausting that is? Always on the clock. Working to perform in a world of conditional acceptance in a world of conditional wantedness. If you do a little more of this or you're a little bit better at this, then maybe you become a little more wantable. Then you be wanted. I mean, if you weigh a certain amount, so you better make a resolution that addresses that because, you know, if you do that, then maybe you, you, you might be a little more Wanted. Conda, if you preach a little better, then you'll be a little more wanted and more people will, will, will connect with Jesus and, and then it won't be your fault. It's group therapy. Thank you for being here for this. Man, if you show up to more things, um, if you say yes to him more often, then maybe you'll be more wantable. Maybe if you get better grades, then, then you'll be a little more And if you don't feel wanted, then it means you're not doing enough of something. And so you got to strive and labor to meet the conditions of wantedness. And then maybe you'll be a little more wanted. So come on, get to work and make some new resolutions and try a little bit harder. Turns out, I'm already wanted. Not because I did enough. And God is saying for the 600th time, Kondo, that's already in your inbox. You've already got more wantedness than you could possibly ever need. Check again. 
And it's not because you did enough. It's not because you performed well enough. It's just because I wanted you. And man, uh, I, um, I'm often also just way too paralyzed by the fear of rejection. The fear that people won't accept the real me with my flaws and my scars. So instead of showing up as my authentic self, I show up as a filtered version of me, um, catering to what I believe will be uh, the most liked, the most wantable. If I can just adjust myself for this particular situation and this particular scenario and and, and just show uh, the the parts and the pieces of of who I am, then maybe people will want me a little bit more because if I don't show up in that way, I'm... I'm going to be rejected, and then I live exhausted, and I live super frustrated, and I live super lonely, saying, like, no one knows the real me, because I won't show them the real me, because I'm afraid of being rejected, and it's this crazy cycle. When I truly believe I am blessed with wantedness, I have all the wantedness I need, I can actually show up. And not be undone by rejection. Because I'm sorry if the God of the universe pre-wanted me and he pre-ordered me and he had a delighted look on his face not based on anything I'd done. Like, I'm sorry, but who are you to unwant me? If, if, if that is true, then I want to kind of break up with my fear of rejection a little bit. Not because I won't be rejected, but because rejection no longer has the power to undo me. I may be rejected, but at the end of the day, your rejection just lands me on a bed of, I'm so wanted. I woke up this way. And I'll go to sleep this way, regardless of what you may or may not do with me. And the freedom that brings about for me to be able to show up and actually love because I'm not afraid. And the love drives out the fear. And I can actually show up. And I can actually be a blessing because I'm blessed. And I can actually accept people because I'm not auditioning for acceptance. And I'm not afraid of rejection because I'm embracing the fact that in my spiritual bank account is a heavy dose of I'm already wanted. And so I just want to live out of that a little more this year. Um, All right, I'm so embarrassed. I feel like I'm bragging about all my blessings. But uh, let me just just share one more. um, Because I'm not just blessed with wantedness. I also want to lean into this truth that I am blessed with usefulness. Um. Check my account. I'm, I am more useful than I will ever realize. I have more usefulness than I'll possibly be able to fully spend. My life is loaded with world-changing purpose. I have stuff God has uniquely wired me to do. Um, it, it's ridiculous. I'm loved and I am blessed with rich purpose and I want to just lean into that a little bit more and live out of that a little bit more this year. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Um, just one page over. Here's 
uh, what it says. And I'm going to personalize it. For I am God's handiwork. Mm. Created, crafted in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for me to do. Don't hate. God handpicked me, apparently. I'm just reading what's in the inbox. And then he handcrafted me just the way he wanted. And then he handcrafted a job description with my name on it so that the way I'm handcrafted would step into the job description handcrafted just for me. I don't know if I told you, I'm blessed with usefulness. I am blessed with purpose. I I love this verse. This is so so powerful. Um, I love the word hand e-work. Have you ever looked at that word and just thought about it for a little bit? This is such a powerful, powerful word, um, especially if you know the creation narrative. Um, Because it's used to speak about a God who we know only needs to say the word and whatever he says becomes a reality. God only needs to speak and whatever he wants comes into being. It becomes this reality. And yet here it is saying, I am his handiwork. Um, When God created the world, um, you will remember, that's exactly what he did. He sat on his throne and he just issued verbal orders like Alexa. He just sat around and said, um, lights. And the moment he said that stars and the sun and the moon just rush into their space and galaxies go where galaxies are supposed to go. And all of a sudden planets are now dancing in their delicate orbit simply because God said the word. That's the echelon in which God rolls. I don't know if you've heard, um, when God wanted to create your ridiculous cat's ancestors, he just said the word. Animals. And animals started popping up. Giraffe and hippopotami, you know, and whatever else just emerged out of the ground. And they started walking around simply because God said the word. That was all there was to it. He is the kind of God who only needs to speak the word. And yet when I read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it doesn't say that I am God's spoken word. It says that I am his handiwork. Wait, what? But this is a God who never needs to use his hands to create anything. And he definitely doesn't need to work. When you see the sixth day of creation, it's a trip. Because apparently on that day, God actually gets up off of his throne. And he takes a trip to that little, you know, little speck in the galaxies called Earth. And he goes into the Garden of Eden and he puts his hand in the dirt and he starts to work. And when he's done, he creates the frame of Adam. And that's how humanity comes into being because God went to work. And that's just a beautiful picture of intimacy. God's way of saying this one is special. This one is mine. I want to make sure this one has my fingerprints all over it. But Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 goes even further than that. It's saying God went to work again. But this time he didn't put his hands in the dirt. This time he put his hands in 
in the, 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 the Jesus? I don't know. It says that I am handcrafted in or out of Christ. I don't even know what that means. You theologians can come and help me understand it. But what I understand is it means that whatever Jesus is made of, I'm made of the same stuff by the hands of the living God. He crafted me in Jesus' stuff, which is, by the way, why I can do the stuff that Jesus does. And it's part of the reason why we will reign with him because we're made out of the same stuff. And if he's going to live forever, then I'm going to live forever too. But there's this powerful picture of God then crafting out of somehow Jesus' material, Jesus' stuff. A God who doesn't need to work and yet went to all of this degree to handcraft me. That's powerful. But that's not even the point I was making. Stop distracting me with all of this goodness. Um, My point was actually that it's God who only needs to speak handcrafted me just the way he wanted, but then he handcrafted a job description just uniquely for me. It says he prepared good works for me to walk in. When did he do this? Before he even handcrafted me, he created a job description and then handcrafted me so that I would perfectly fit the job he created for me. This to me, I, I, this, is, this is powerful. When I showed up on the shores of faith, God welcomed me and said, hey, here's your job description. I worked on this before I even created the world. Now, live in it. I'm so blessed with usefulness. I will never run out of ways God uniquely created me to change the world for the sake of Jesus. Man, if this is true, Then come on, 2020. I want to live out and live out of my uniquely crafted purpose. Um, I, I, I want this year to take the poll that I've had offline. I just want to take the poll offline. I don't need it anymore. Um, I, I don't want to, and no offense to you personally, but I don't want to care anymore what you're doing or what you think I should be doing with my life. And for some reason or another, I, I, I have taken too many polls and opinions like, what do you think I should be doing? And on what things do you think I should be spending my energies on? And, and what do you think should occupy my purpose in life? What do you think? And I've spent so much time trying to think, like, what are the cool things that I could do that other people would be like, oh, that is awesome. And I just need to take the poll offline because, frankly, it it doesn't really matter what they say is the coolest thing or what people think is the new hippest thing. I just want to figure out what does it look like to live out what God went out of his way to uniquely create and create me. Four, um, this is huge for me. Uh, as I think about, you know, man, what does significance mean? I think for far too long, there's just been so often just the thought of like, man, but if people though, if people like what I'm doing, 
And if people approve of it and people think like, oh, now that's awesome. You should really do this. Then that's going to be. And yet the reality is kind of you don't need to take a poll. I've already gone out of my way to create the purpose I've uniquely crafted for you. You just need to find out what is that and walk in it. And so I, I look forward to, to, to taking that pole down, that pole off line. Um, I don't know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I think you need to know this as well. He has created uniquely things for you to do. Um, what you choose to major in is great and, and may be a part of that. But man, when you start to discover, wait a minute, so you're telling me when I showed up, God already had something that he uniquely, absolutely. You can call off the quest, you can call off like the floundering and trying to discover it, and what am I supposed to be? There is this thing for you. You are already blessed with purpose, already blessed with usefulness. The question is discovering that in your inbox and living out of this. And I'm just telling you, if I'm blessed with this unique usefulness, if God has designed me to carry these things out, I can't waste too much time worrying about what someone else was uniquely designed to do. Like, you do you, boo-boo. Let me do me. And I just have to say, at this point, social media is the devil. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh. Well, I like the kinds of things their job description seems to allow them to do. And oh my word, when they do that, they even got a TV show because they were doing that. Oh, when they do that, they get so many likes. Oh, I wish I could. Mm, That really looks appealing. So maybe I can try and reorient my life and start to do some of those things, except he didn't wire you for those things and he didn't create those things for you. And yet I spend so much time like, but oh, it looks so good when they do it. Maybe I should try. (laughs) Maybe I should try and do that as well. And then when I try, I don't just wear myself out. I actually become less useful. And I'm just telling you, I may love all the construction that's going on around town. But if I decide like, hmm, I like construction looks appealing. Maybe I should try some construction. I I will burn this city down. God did not create me for that and did not create that for me. But I'll tell you what happens. If I watch enough social media or enough TV and all of a sudden there's this new show that everyone's watching and it's called The Constructor. And I'm like, ooh, I might want to be a constructor now based on the response that constructor is getting. I will become less useful because that's not what I was created to do. And if you're anything like me, then maybe you need to realize God gave you your thing and you need to quit plagiarizing other people's purpose. Maybe they're doing what they were called to do. That's not the question. Stop copying everybody. It's exhausting. And the reality is the world doesn't need a carbon copy of someone else's purpose. <laughs> the, the, the world needs you to step into what God created you for and created for you so that you would change the world the way he created you to change the world. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want to step in. And if it's two things, and I've been trying to do 50 things, I want to return to those two things and do those two things well. And if those two things don't get a single like on social media, so be it. It's heaven smiling, and am I changing the world living out my purpose? 
I'm just saying. Um, maybe God didn't equip you to be the fun Pinterest mom. <laughs> Can we just sit here for a second? I need to be so much more fun this year. And you've made ridiculous resolutions to be something you weren't created to be. I just wish I was more fun. I, I just, I want to be more, more, more fun. Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe God didn't wire you to be the fun Pinterest mom because he knew that the kids he would give you to raise were kids who didn't need fun. They needed a little more stability. And so he wired you for that. And when you step into that, watch the lives of your kids change and revolutionize. Not because you're trying to be something you saw out there, but because you're asking, who have you called me and what have you crafted for me? Maybe he didn't design you to be an engineer. My grandfather was an engineer. My father is an engineer. And I can't spell engineer. Like, just do something else. (laughs) Maybe that's not your thing. I don't know. I don't know. Like, man, when I look at Odell Beckham Jr.'s hair, and I look at his salary and his followers, like, I want to do that. Like, you are not athletic enough to catch a cold. So it may be, perhaps, that that's not what he wired you for. And you've spent so much time obsessing, and I've spent so much time obsessing, and I've spent so much time comparing to other people who are doing their thing, and I wish I could be like, and it's like God is saying, check your inbox. I've called you and I've created you to do something. I've blessed you with usefulness. Live out of that. If this is true, then I just need to break up with all of the the demons of inadequacy that I constantly feel. And they come because I'm constantly comparing myself to people. And you know what is so bad about this year? Um, I'm almost done. It's it's not just a new year. Like we do this enough when it's a new year, but it's like it's a new decade. And not just any decade. It's like a symmetrical decade. When's the last time this happened? Like the year 1010? I don't even know. But if you're anything like me, there's this arbitrary pressure. I don't even know where it came from. I don't know whose voice is speaking in my head. But it's like it's 2020. And here it begins. I thought I would be here by now. I thought I would be doing more by now. I thought I'd be more spectacular by now. What, what did you think you'd be doing? I don't even know, but more than whatever I'm doing now. So I just need to make some resolutions so I can do more. And I'm plagued by this sense of inadequacy because I've not reached this arbitrary standard of where I thought I would reach. And it's, I've created you to do some things for you. Don't be bullied by this new year. Don't be bullied by a new symmetrical decade. Lean into where I've blessed you and what I've uniquely wired you for. And live out of. Live out of that. Um, I don't know what your word or your concept for the year or ways the Lord may be stirring you to be. Um, to grow this year. But man, I can tell you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, what's true about me is true about you. And if you don't have a word for the year, then I'd invite you. Feel free to plagiarize mine because it's a Bible word. It's not actually mine. Um, 
and just step into this year realizing, hey, listen, you are already as wanted as you will ever be. The God of the universe pre-wanted, and he chose you with a smile on his face. And when you showed up, he said, I've been working on something, ooh, just for you to walk in, just for you to live out. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. The world needs them to be them, and the world needs you to be you. So step out of your blessing and into this year to do the things that I've called you to do. And I trust that there'll be immense freedom and there'll be immense joy and what the word blessing means will be true about us and we'll find ourselves prospering and the things around us prospering as well so hey feel free throughout the year to just remind me hey you're so blessed and i'll be like yes i know thank you and i needed that reminder this morning more than you knew but thank you for reminding me of that so father i just praise you for the ways that you have Poured out your blessing on each of us. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would break any shackles, any chains that maybe some of us are carrying to be something that we are not. I pray that you would break any any sense and any spirit of fear that's haunting many of us and keeping us from stepping into relationships as our authentic selves as we realize that we are accepted by you and nothing will ever, ever, ever change that. But in any regard, speak to us about the ways that you want to invite us into more joy and into more freedom and into more prospering this year for the sake of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.